Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, the Paolo Gucci of the podcast world, Rohan Nodkerny. Rohan, how was your weekend? Oh, it was great, Mike. Just continuing to enjoy my time in South Florida. The hats are barely fitting these days because of the humidity. I watched... When was the last time you watched a movie that was actively bad and you just said I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going? Um I love bad movies. So same, same. It's I don't know the last time. It's probably I like every other movie I watch is bad, so Okay, I see. Well, I have a recommendation for you then in a movie that I think you actually quite enjoy very much. And let me be clear, I think I enjoyed it as well. It's the two thousand ten film Takers. Starring Idris Elba, Paul Walker, Michael Ely, Hayden Christensen. Putting Hayden Christensen and Paul Walker in the same movie and expecting us to believe that they're different characters and not related was a flex. It also stars uh, two canceled legends in T.I. and Chris Brown. It was very uncomfortable watching them in this movie. Matt Dillon is in it. And Jay Hernandez. What is this film? I have no it's idea a, what you're talking it's about. It's ostensibly a heist movie. Okay. The Takers are a crew of, uh, I think it's six of them. T.I. was in jail. It's, of course, he's got one last job for them. They were supposed to lay low for another year, but T.I.'s got one last job. And it involves armored trucks, double crosses, and truly the most phoned-in performances I've ever seen from a group of actors like no one is trying it's so uncomfortable it's a good los angeles movie i think you'll also enjoy it as someone who lived in los angeles uh just like a good it's like one of those good like we understand the geography of los angeles movies but other than that it's so absurd it's so bad the acting is truly horrendous and yeah I, i watched the whole thing I don't want us to get too sidetracked from talking basketball, but this is a pseudo movie podcast. Yes. I feel like so. This I, is a this I is watched... a basketball podcast. that's a Trojan horse for movies, but yeah, it's continued. Exactly. Yeah, I watched Heat last night for like the seven thousandth oh, time. That's the in that's my in my top five all time. And I'm so glad to hear that you've seen Heat, Rohan. I was I was nervous even bringing it up. I'm not going to lie, okay. but that's no, no, that's no. an incredible Heat, revelation. Heat's one of the best movies ever made. I genuinely believe that. And one day we'll have to do just a full Michael Mann podcast because I recently watched. I watched it over the weekend. I watched Collateral with Tom Cruise oh, and Jamie Fox. Stop! Stop! Fantastic! Where you stand. Oh one of the God. greatest movies of all time. And let's we will, at one point we'll have to talk about the Miami Vice revival as well because I think it it gets better every year. It's aging gracefully. At, haven't seen it in a minute. Um, 
And yes, my memories of it initially are not fond, but I, I do want to revisit. Cause You'll I have to do a rewatch. You'll have to do a rewatch. Yes. Um, okay, so on today's show, we are going to open up the mailbag to discuss the scorching Phoenix Suns, uh, <laughs> bad teams that might actually make the playoffs and so much more. But first, a quick reminder for you all to please keep those emails flowing in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Rohan. So let's kick things off with a conversation about the Suns, a team that almost won the title last year and is currently riding a 16-game winning streak that most recently saw them beat down the Nets in Brooklyn over the weekend. This team is 17-3. and with a showdown against the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night. And I don't really know. Like, I, I want to frame this basically at the top just by saying, like, maybe I'm, I'm wrong about it, but it doesn't feel like anyone is calling the Suns the best team in the NBA, even though I feel like they have a pretty valid claim for that label. So just before we dive in too deep just like in your humble opinion is phoenix actually the best team in the nba right now i think the reason people are stopping short of saying that and why i'm stopping short of saying it right now is even though they had that home heavy schedule to kind of start the year and they were playing bad teams it's very hard to get past how good golden state has been how much they resemble the dominant you know team they were in the middle of the last decade and on top of that you know that i'm a chris paul apologist i'm you know the chris paul propaganda everything i'm the leader of it i will push any and all chris paul narratives the suns don't have steph they don't have the 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 top five you know superstar megastar transcendent legend type okay and it's not that the Warriors are not built off of Lee, obviously off of you know great team success and playing great team basketball and scoring off cuts, etc. The Suns sometimes feel like a team that's a little bit more of a some of its parts, no glaring holds, kind of like a supersized version of what the Hawks were in the playoffs this most recent summer, as opposed to kind of like this typical great regular season team. Um, they, if anything, they feel like a super, super sized version of the Hawks of, you know, when they were sending five players to the all-star game and the whole team was named player of the month, etc. They're kind of caught in between that great regular season team and truly, truly great team. I think because they don't necessarily have that kind of take charge superstar. And I, I, for me, I just have a hard time putting them above the Warriors when we know, A, what the Warriors are capable of. Their record speaks for itself. Their history speaks for itself. And on top of that, they're still waiting for Clay Thompson. So I, I think I, I have Golden State 1 and then, like, Phoenix 1.5. Okay, so a quick look at the numbers here. Mm-hmm. In November... Uh, Phoenix is fifteen and zero. The Warriors are thirteen and one. Warriors have the number one offense, the number one defense, and the number one net rating. Uh, Phoenix is second in net rating and defense, and then they drop to fourth in offense. So shame on them for <laughs> that. Um, I think, like, I, I, I don't know if I think Phoenix is awesome, and I feel like two things are true here i think they deserve a little bit more respect than they've received yes and i think once again and phoenix fans listening are going to be really upset i feel like once again they've caught a lot of lucky breaks on this winning streak (laughs) you you threw everyone off because again if you're watching us on youtube mike's wearing like the sun's orange sweater today and then so i thought he was coming in hot but he's in fact not (laughs) I mean, so, the Warriors also caught lucky breaks. Please continue, continue. Sure, sure, sure. They have, but you really dive into, like, dig into Phoenix's uh, winning streak and just what they were going up against. And it's like they beat the Nuggets without Jokic. They beat the Mavs twice without Luka. And take those two guys off those teams, and those teams are just very <laughs> yes, bad. Yes, <laughs> So those were, they caught the Rockets twice. 
the Rockets have had some some weird wins recently, but mm-hmm. the, they're not they're not good. Um, they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Cavs without Mobley. It just hasn't been the most arduous now, stretch I, I, in the world. Here's here's one thing I'll say because I think we have seen an element of that. It always happens early the season. We're trying to separate what's real, what's not real. Is this team good, etc. Of Phoenix, last year a big driver of their success was how well they played against "quote unquote" bad teams. Right? They they won those games easily. I will say, I mean, you brought up you know kind of their net rating, how good they've been in November. They aren't just beating those teams; they're also blowing the doors off those bad teams, and that is often just as good of yeah. an indicator of of success as you know the good teams don't just win. They don't just win against above 500 teams, but they dominate the below 500 teams. That you know that is how you acquire a high net rating because you're not going to beat the best teams in the league by 10, 15, 20, etc. So I hear what you're saying, and I, that we it's on us, it's on people like you and me to find that balance. But the fact that they've been winning those games so convincingly makes it is important i do think adds to that conversation because yes the win streak may be a a stroke of luck a stroke of scheduling etc but the way that the manner in which they've won those games is equally important i think so how much of last year's playoff run and sort of how it unfolded do you think hurts how they're perceived today like i get your argument about Mm -hmm. they don't have the superstar and I kind of feel like the thing I'll push back on that is like they have way more talent, in my opinion, than those Hawks teams did. Like, yes, Devin definitely, Booker definitely. is. I believe I said Devin they were Booker a super, like, super sized version, I believe was my. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yes. I get yes. what you're saying there, but yeah. like, Aiton is a first overall of course, pick type of, course. of talent. We need um, to have Chris the Aiton conversation is, as well. Uh, that, that'll, that's coming up yeah, in a little yeah. bit. Um,. <laughs> Uh, they have, yeah, Chris Paul obviously leads the league in assists this season. And, and like I was saying, like Devin Booker, uh, you know, he's fight he's finally hitting threes, like mm-hmm. at a pretty high volume. He's shooting 41% by the three point line. He's a um, sneaky, he's just devastating average when he's three point shooter. Threes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the form is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's when they're actually going in and he's taken like those, like 30 footers in transition mm-hmm. you're just like okay how do we stop this team it's impossible yeah. um but but going back to my fundamental question is just like last year davis goes down mm-hmm. murray's not on the nuggets um Kawhi's down in the conference finals they go to the finals they win the first two etc everyone knows what happened um and like how much of that just damages just how they're perceived like do we I, I, feel I, now when we watch them that they need health related luck again or is like the fact that they're what are they 17 and 3 uh-huh. um third in net rating great defense uh capable offense like should we just be like okay this is a legitimate title contender we can like stop couching all these caveats here I don't I think that it hurts their perception more it almost works on a little bit like how it works with the Jazz where, okay, we've seen them make the finals. I, I think they're a, a kind of team where maybe people are just a little bit holding out until the postseason because uh, obviously regular season success is great. And I, But I, I think it's more, Mike, where we kind of know what they can do when they they have a little bit of a the right path, the right breaks, the right bracket. I, to me, it's less about people are not taking them seriously and more about, yeah, we just need to see it in the playoffs. I mean, I I think that this matchup with Golden State on Tuesday night is going to be a little bit of a referendum one way or another, whether that's fair for a, I guess it'll still be November game. Really? You do? Do do you really think that? Like if they they blow out, the Warriors, or they get blown out. Will it really change that much? I, how you, how you see I think team? if I don't know if it'll change how much I, but I think the conversation around them is going to be a lot different if they Agreed. get a big win against Golden State. And I don't think that that's unfair because you we were just been talking about Golden State hasn't had a, a really tough schedule for its first ten games. The Phoenix hasn't had a tough schedule. I mean, what else are we going to judge them against if not the best competition? Right? I mean, this is the best two teams in the league. Why? Why should we not? draw a conclusion at least or at least start forming ideas based off this game so 
I, I do think it's going to be important for both teams, frankly, to kind of, we've been discussing kind of the narratives around them. I think it's going to be important for both of them to kind of shake those off in this game. Yeah. So my next question, and this is a, this is a really interesting one because a lot of the numbers with this team are pretty similar. Not all of them, and I, I'm going to get into something that I wrote about last week about this team. Um, but a lot of the numbers are really similar. A lot of the individual numbers are really similar. But is Phoenix better than they were last year? And if so, what are you seeing that kind of leads you to believe that's the case? Or are they just like this steamroller that just knows how to play similar to like the Bucks defense mm-hmm. um in years past where you just roll them out in the regular season yeah. and they just do what they do and they're the Phoenix Suns. Right. I mean I don't want to I don't want to step on you. I, I know that you obviously mentioned in that piece you wrote about them playing faster with Chris Paul. Um I do think there's an element of boxiness to them and that they they have they're one of those teams that I think has a super high regular season floor. Just because Chris Paul teams generally always do. Um, Monty Williams, I don't think, is the type who is... He's not those. He's not that kind of coach who I think is like constantly planning ahead. Or, we're going to save this for the playoffs. Or, you know, etc. Uh, like I mentioned, they, they are a team that doesn't have many holes. Like, all the guys that they trot out in their starting lineup, a, a lot of their bench players, like, everyone's in the right role. Uh... It's just hard to exploit them on any given night. Like, you have to either have, like, Giannis or, you know, the right scheme or whatever to kind of take advantage. But there's no there's no kind of obvious way to poke at the Suns just because of the, the high baseline of everyone on the floor. I mean, I think the interesting thing about them, and I, again, I don't want to step on, to me, is just how well they've played with Frank Kaminsky, how well they played with JaVale McGee, uh, their bench lineup, their, like, all five bench lineup has been really good um you know the shamit javon carter trade was kind of a strange one in the offseason just because i don't think anyone saw it coming i think he's been fine for them like the bench has played well campaign who had obviously the big resurgence and the spotlight on him in the playoffs last year is i think continued to be a solid backup so i i think it's to me it's a less a little bit less about oh strategically they've kind of unlocked this you know, crazy, crazy change and more like they just have really talented guys, you know, up and down the lineup who are not kind of obvious people to pick on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. This is just a really well um, constructed team. It's sensical. JaVale McGee's fit in really well and it makes you He's, wonder if they had like, him in the finals. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it really does. The on-offs are great, and that's exactly what they needed in the finals is a big of that size who will impact the rim on both ends of the floor. Uh, so, yeah, I wrote this piece um, about Phoenix's just uptick in pace, dramatic uptick in pace, where they were 24th last season and they're fourth right now today. And a lot of that is defensively teams are running on them a little bit more than they did last year. And a lot of it is also just how they're getting into their offense. And you can go read that story on SI.com for kind of the nitty gritty granular details Mm -hmm. about why that is. Um, But I spoke to Kevin Young, who's their associate head coach the other day. And some of it is them changing how they want to play on offense. And then some of it is, just being more familiar with everybody. They flow into their pick and roll a lot quicker off of opponent misses. And they want to push because they feel it's a, it alleviates the physical burden that, that Chris Paul has with opponents really trying to pick him up full court. And we saw that in the playoffs last year. So I think that that is one interesting thing to look at with this team. Because if they're getting easier buckets... And they don't have to grind through their half court offense, which, by the way, is is excellent. They can execute as mm-hmm. good as any offense in the in the league. But if they don't need to, then it's great. Like Devin Booker um, in the open floor, really running off makes, running off misses. He just gets easier looks, and I think that's a part of the reason why he's shooting forty one percent from three. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Also, just the youth on their roster for them to play a little bit faster than they did last year. I mean, Chris Paul is obviously one of those. What's the criticism of his in, been his entire career? He wants to pound the ball. He wants to be in the half court. But when you have Bridges, Booker, and Aiton, like 
Like you should be running a bit more, I think. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing is that I think is a, a big improvement from last year. Not a huge improvement, but just like how great they've been in crunch time. They have the mm-hmm. highest net rating in the league. They have the best offense in crunch time. Their assist rate is 75%. So they're just they're just like an awesome mm-hmm. basketball team. Um, but you brought up Aiton earlier. Uh, and I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm surprised by Aiton's play, but... And it's like unfair to call it disappointing at all. Yeah. Like he's he's just the he's he's the same. And I don't think he's been bad, and he obviously was out of no, the lineup no, no, for a little no, no. while. Yeah, definitely not bad. But the numbers are like yeah. It's just like the stagnancy and the staleness. And I understand mm-hmm. he's just in a role. He's excelling in the role. You watch him when they switch pick and rolls. Like he was just beating the Nets to a bloody pulp on switches. They just like catch it. You just catch it in the paint, turn, flip the ball in the basket, and that's what they need out of him. They need him to be that roll guy, that high energy defender, etc. But I just wonder, like this guy, you know, he doesn't sign the the contract. I wonder um, how, like, they're winning now, so you know. They, he's not going to be complaining. But if they were to go into a little bit of a slide, how frustrated DeAndre Ayton would be, if at all, and how much of an yeah. impact that'll have on them in the regular season and then in the playoffs maybe too. Well, just to add the context, I mean, their lineup stats are shocking because the starting lineup has a flat net rating at zero. Now, it started off pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. It started off bad last year as well. It was good in November. I think it had like a net rating of close to six in November. But through the whole season right now, in 284 minutes, Paul, Crowder, Booker, Bridges, and Aiton, 0.0 net rating. You take Aiton off and you put in Kaminsky, the net rating's 25. You take Kaminsky off and you put in McGee and the net rating's 25.9. And that's where it gets crazy. Where And those aren't super small sample size i mean kaminsky i was starting there for a bit uh that those two lineups with kaminsky and mcgee have played 68 and 67 minutes respectively and kaminsky's hurt we should say and yes. maybe not gonna be back like ever so that sucks for the <laughs> suns but continue but uh yeah they are uh i mean they've just been a lot better with those guys instead of eight and for much of the season and that's been that's been an interesting development i, I thought mcgee would i think we both like really liked the mcgee signing in the offseason because you could see how desperately they needed a backup big toward the end of the playoffs but i i was not expecting i mean especially kaminsky who was barely playable in the finals i mean he had one or two good stretches other games where he didn't see the floor other games where he had to be taken out immediately for them to be playing that well with those guys on the floor it's really interesting, especially when you consider that, you know, I still think they should have maxed Aiton just for reasons that frankly go a little bit beyond basketball sometimes. But it was a conversation we were having going into the playoffs, which was Aiton, I think, is the biggest test case for can you get 80% of the production at 10% of the cost, 15, 20% of the cost? Right now, it looks like they might be able to. That's that's very interesting. If I were James Jones or whoever gets to make this decision, I don't want to say if I were Robert Sarver because that makes me feel disgusting. Okay. But I, I, I would just be very hesitant to mm-hmm. max out DeAndre Ayton this summer for the reason that you just said. Like, I don't know who... I don't know how I would get out of this. I think that... I would definitely want to. I'm definitely not trading him uh, before the trade deadline or anything like that. Like, I, mean, I want this guy in the playoffs. We're a championship contender. He played great in the playoffs last year. But I can totally see a sign and trade happening this summer. I really can. Where you get a big back who's solid, um, a young big, maybe just a serviceable um, athletic. Play. Like, the, for example, okay, there's here's a here's a, a, a trade that probably won't happen but there's just been kind of toggling in my brain it's like if you're the spurs for example you have Jakob pertle 
You have Jakob Pertl, and then you have a, a bunch of, like, really interesting wings who can fit in anywhere. So, like, if the Spurs are like, we want Aiton, we'll give you Pertle and, like, Keldon Johnson. Or Pertle and Vassell. What do you, like, that's just, like, a really, it, I think offers like that could spring up. And what like, do you do then? If you're, if you're Phoenix, I would, I would probably say, I would think about that if I was Phoenix. Honestly. Here's where it gets tricky. Because we can talk about the regular season numbers, the on-off, etc. If they feel like they're a title contender, and let's say they have a three-year window. Let's say they feel like they're going to make the finals two times in the next three years. I'm not saying that they're going to, but let's say they feel like that's they have a good chance to do that, okay? Sure. And if they're like, we're going to play Milwaukee both those times, you need Aiton against Giannis. You just do. Like you, you're not going to put Pirtle on Giannis. And in the in the small margin of a playoff series, that's when that difference between Pirtle and Aiton becomes it magnifies. It becomes huge. That difference between ninety and a hundred percent becomes a gulf, and that's where it becomes really tricky. Because I I agree on this macro sense, like they might be able to replace Aiton, but. In the wrong matchup in a playoff series, it it could end that series for them. It could be the reason they lose. So we could see, not to make too much of one regular season matchup, of course, but it'll be really interesting to see how um, how the Suns look with Aiton on the floor when the Golden State Warriors go small mm-hmm. and. Just what type of havoc Steph Curry is able to wreak yeah. in a situation like that. So that's just going to be interesting. And if I were the Suns also, I would not be worried about what's going on in the Eastern Conference. There's teams in the West I think I need to worry about as I build my team. And, and then even that, I mean, you have Aiton for Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. I mean, Jokic just said Aiton's my toughest matchup. Sure. He has a lot of value in the West as well. The Warriors thing is going to be very interesting because – Will Monty Williams have the stomach to take Aiton off the floor? Because, I mean, they have a small lineup that I don't think played very well last year, and I don't think they've used it much, if at all, this year. But you put Crowder in at center, and you slide Cam Johnson into the lineup as well. On paper, that's a lineup that I think could match up against small Golden State. But, you know, yeah. they could... De- no, they could it, it- we might see that Tuesday night. Yeah. Hopefully we do. It'll yeah. be fun. And I, I still I believe they have a roster spot open. I'd like to see them bring in one more wing. I don't know if they can somehow get a buyout guy. I know that they were kind of a a Thad Young rumor there for a little while. But uh, just for that Golden State matchup, I think they're going to need one more perimeter player in case Cam Johnson's getting picked on, etc. Although I think he, he acquitted himself well in the playoffs, but... They could use one more wing for that Golden State matchup. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. 
and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Yes. Okay, so that was a fun Suns conversation. Everyone, make sure you watch that Tuesday night matchup against the Warriors. That's going to be very, very enjoyable. Can we do um, Can we do an NBA League Pass watch party for that, Mike? I've never done it before, and I don't know what it even means. Um, at some point in our life, we can do something like that. You're you're hitting me up with very short notice on this particular. Oh, oh no! Event. I just I thought we were at that level, and I guess you didn't think we were yet. That's cool. That's fine. So, before we get into our listener emails, I wanted to introduce a special segment into Uh-oh. the show. Uh oh! I, I I think we're calling it the Rip City Report, possibly the Blazer Minute. Um, It's an honor of our producer, Shelby, who is a massive Portland Trailblazers fan. Um, (laughs) Sends his text in the middle of the night regarding the Blazers. And so instead of Rohan and I talking about Portland here and there on this show, we're just going to have either in every episode or in this episode alone, based on how this goes, Uh, Shelby's just going to talk about Portland for about a minute. So, Shelby, the floor is yours. Say what you want about your favorite team. Well, right now, I mean, obviously (laughs) things aren't looking good. Uh, They're they're winless on the road. The one against the Rockets does not count, obviously. Wait, is that true? They're winless? I don't mean to interrupt your segment here, Shelby, but I did not know Portland was winless on the road. The only win coming against Houston Oh, alleged that's, win. That's terrible. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. You know, like, uh, I think they're like 500 right now, maybe like one game under 500, which, not bad, but you can't, like, take all the credit and say, hey, we look how many games at home we've won in a row when, uh, like, you got to win some games on the road in the playoffs, no? Would you agree? I think that's still how it works. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's important to come playoff time. That's very true. Okay, a quick question for you, Shelby. I'm going to tee you up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Damian Lillard obviously started slow. Damian Lillard looks great. He's being a Wayne grow. (laughs) Great, great reference. Um, Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about Dame right now? And... What are your general thoughts about the possibility of Damian Lillard getting traded from this team? I never thought it was a possibility. It's not it's not the team to do something like that. He's not the guy to be mm. put into a situation like that. What would you like them to do? Because I know there's all this, they're kind of stuck in the middle here a little bit, and we feel like we know what their ceiling is. Right now, they can't win on the road. I know that you like to point out to us that Tony Snell won't shoot any two-pointers. Uh, what would you like them to do with the roster right now? Because they seem to be stuck a little bit. Maybe play... Uh, they got Ben McLemore. Why mm. not put him in? I mean, isn't he not a better three-point shooter than Tony Snell? No, I mean, wow. Tony... I love this take. Yeah. Snell seems like a real Mario Hazonia <laughs> signing to me. <laughs> No. An Anthony Tolliver esque signing. Like what are we we're just tossing bodies in there now? Now? What it, put in Chauncey. I mean nobody wanted him as head coach. At some point. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. What I'm trying to compose myself. Uh, yeah. Shelby, that was great. We're going to definitely have to do this at least once a week. Um, so save those takes. Button them yeah. up. They're all they're all terrific. Put in Chauncey. So, okay. Uh, their defense I don't even know. Couldn't, be, couldn't be much worse if they put in Chauncey Billups. I gotta, I'll say that. Well, you Fair get point. you don't need when you're like it's a four or five point game. There's like a minute thirty left, and Dame takes like a thirty five footer with like eighteen seconds left on the shot clock and misses. Then you have to play defense, <laughs> and you're not going to now that you've given up four points. 
Now you've got 40 seconds left. The lead is nine. Now you're in <laughs> scramble mode. You could have just relaxed and taken your time, gotten it down low, settled for a... Uh, put, let me... You know how the NFL is a get-back coach? <laughs> yeah. Let, put me on the bench as like a guy's just... Calm down for a second, coach. <laughs> Take I, it easy. I have no idea how to pivot away from this. This could hijack the rest of Open Floor yeah. as we know it. But yeah. um, thank you, Shelby. That was yes. terrific. You are welcome back next week. You passed uh, your first test. Yeah. Um, with the, wh- are we going to call it the Rip City? What is it? The Rip City Report? Blazer Minute? What are you thinking, Shelby? I like the alliteration. Okay. The, Rip City yeah. Report it is. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, so let's now uh, we're gonna open up the floor to um, our emails. Open up the mailbag. I've never heard of have... someone go at Dame Lillard like that before. We're to. gonna do our we're gonna do our best to now yeah. move on from yeah. the Blazer minute, which yeah. was he supposed to last thing. a minute. He said he keeps. Saying <laughs> I know. Stuff. I agree. This is what I deal with all the time, Shelby. Rohan just taking over and being the the minister of chaos here. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, so email from Rob who writes, Hi, Michael, Rohan, and Chris. I am pretty confident, barring a terrible season-ending injury, that the top 10 teams in each conference as they currently stand are making the playoffs or play-in tournament. So from there... Can you see any of the Raptors, Pacers, Pistons, Magic, Kings, Thunder, Spurs, Pelicans, or Rockets making the playoffs? If so, who? Also, I know it is early, but which of these teams would you be most excited to see get the number one pick in the next draft and why? Love the podcast. Cheers for reading this question. Rob Bowie in Australia. So in Rob's original email, I just want to say he had the Cavaliers here. Cavaliers are technically in 10th right now, so um, the Sixers are in 11th place, and so I suppose that they kind of qualify for the parameters of this question, mm-hmm. but I, I personally, I personally, Rohan, only have two teams here. Yeah, um, this is Slim Dickens. <laughs> so, for me, it's the Pacers and the Raptors. I don't know yes. if you... Yes, I mean, yeah. none of the teams in the West. The West playoff picture is set, although... I mean, we got breaking news in the pod, but Michael Porter Jr. is be out for the rest of the year. I don't know if you just saw this. Uh oh, Mike did not. Uh, so the Nuggets might be in danger now. Um, we're gonna have to quickly. We got to talk about this for like. This is not obviously. This is breaking news. 
Um, but we got to react to this because can I tell you my instant instant reaction? You may, yes. I think they got to consider a tank. I I hate to say it, they have the MVP, but I think they got to consider it. So, this is something that uh, we spoke about in a recent episode of Open Floor, uh, Chris and I. And we talked about whether or not the Nuggets, based on all their injuries, should slide back in a different direction. And, like, when you say tank, what does that mean to you? Does that mean benching Nikola Jokic? This is where it gets tricky. But here's... I think they they should really consider a serious load management for Jokic for the rest of the season. Here's the thing with Jokic. He came out of that bubble and he played in every single game. Now he's dealing with a few injuries this year. I mean, what burden are you going to put on him if you play him every single night the rest of the way and try to sneak in and win... You know, try to win in the playoffs without your next two best guys. I mean, are you really going to now rush back Murray with MPJ out? And, you know, put a heavy load on his knee coming off the ACL? I mean, if he comes back in March, April, it's going to already be kind of crunch time for them. Mm -hmm. They're either going to, I think, they're probably going to be fighting for a playing spot around that time. That's a lot of stress. I don't think it means benching Jokic, but... I think it might mean being okay if you get a lottery pick. I, I mean, I think I'm going to write about this, but I feel like if any team in the NBA can aff- – you never want to say press pause because you don't know what happened, right? You, you don't know what could happen. Injuries could happen in a year. Correct. But they have their four best players locked up long term. They're all young. <sighs> Do you maybe try to – I don't think you bench Jokic. I don't think tank's not the right word, but do you kind of press pause a little bit? So my counter to that would be, and I was pretty optimistic when I talked about this with Chris, but my my counter to that would be um, what they are going through right now is proof that anything can happen in the NBA. And yes, that's why you that's never the press other side pause. Of the coin. Right. So, like, let me flip this question around real quick and say, like, are they good enough? with Jokic and Gordon and everyone else who is healthy on this roster to either get into the play-in or, you know, get the sixth seed in the West. Right now they are 9 They're not going to get the sixth seed. They're going to be – I think they're going to be okay, scratching so to get into the play-in. Let's say they get into the play-in, which I, th- I think the play-in is safe for them, I would say. I don't – because I look at the teams in the West – um, and I don't see anyone below them who is very scary, really, which kind of brings us back to our the, the initial Rob's question. is in a better position no, down. No, 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 no. No, not even there. a... I can't go I'm not willing to write one, them sorry. off entirely. They might get the the interim coaching bump. They didn't. They did. There was I, no they, bump. Listen, they beat the Lakers, <laughs> and then they had no legs for that Grizzlies game. Come on. The Lakers stink. They lost against the. They gave up one twenty eight to the John ja Morantless they, they, Memphis Grizzlies. After coming Grizzlies. off a three overtime game, I have I have no. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't excuse that. But anyway, so okay. So the other. My point was like, let's say you get to the play in. Let's say Jamal Murray is like, look, I feel great. Um, I want to play. And I want to be on the court. I want to, you know, see how my knee is doing. For if for no other reason, like I don't want to take a whole season off, a season plus off, of playing professional basketball. Like I, I just, I, I'm answering to get out there. So he comes back. He looks really good. He might even look as good as Jamal Murray, the Jamal Murray that we saw in previous postseasons. And is that team? Does that team have any chance to reach the NBA Finals? So we're basically just saying the Nuggets without Michael Porter Jr. Can that team make the NBA Finals? I don't think so. And PJ Dozier. Okay. So and I'm I don't not saying they have to be could. Finals or bust, but I don't think they're getting past the Suns or the Warriors without MPJ. I mean, the, I don't see it happening. Okay. So this is just a. I mean, bottom line, this is like a. This is like bummer news, of course. Oh, it's um, terrible, man. Especially, and you, and you the, have to just worry about him long term. This isn't just you know. Oh, MPJ is getting back surgery again. That's pretty scary. 
this is this was um this was like uh the angle here that's given in these tweets from our uh nba newsbreakers is like one of them is quote i'm quoting shams's tweet um Tough blow, but with Porter's five-year extension kicking in next season, he and the Nuggets take a big-picture approach to his health. And that's like a positive spin on this. And the way I see it is that this could be... I mean, this is not his first rodeo with a back injury. Like, this is very serious, very... um, Like, if you're the Nuggets, and I don't want to rehash this too much, but I just... You know, they got a little bit of financial protection on this contract. It's a max, but they've got financial protection because of his his um, previous health issues. But, like, why wouldn't you just go into this season? And it's not like I'm second-guessing this because I thought it at the time. Why wouldn't you just go into this season and let him hit restricted free agency? Like, let him play one more year and... If this were to, ha- I mean, that's just if I'm just I'm just looking at it from the team's perspective, and maybe that's very cutthroat of me, but why, like, why would you extend him off of what you've seen from him so far, knowing the health stuff? Can you answer that for me? I just think it's very difficult in a in a pure asset culture i think that's maybe the decision you make but when you have to deal i think with the dynamics of you want mpj to feel like he has the faith of the organization you don't want him to go into this season when you're contending for a title worrying about his contract and you know maybe gunning for more shots than he would if he didn't have the security and all those things right i think that you have to I mean, it's the same conversation we have with Aiton, but it's just, it's. I don't think it's as simple as we'll just give him the max uh, the next summer, but I think you also have to keep in mind how will it affect the dynamics of the team we have this year. Um, and I, I do still think he is someone who, ultimately, if you need to move off his contract, I think it, it, it will be doable. I don't think that this is a, you know, a death sentence for his career or anything like that. I know what you're saying. I, I, it's it just I I think that it's those are risks you take with the team dynamic, which sometimes manifest themselves in bad ways when you're trying to compete for a title. And maybe they just didn't want to take that risk. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this just this stinks. I get what you're saying. Um, and and to their in their defense, after he returned from his initial back injury, I mean we've had. We haven't seen any evidence of him having back issues, you know, the last few years. I mean, he's been great. There hasn't been a sense of, oh, this guy, you know, they don't load manage him. They don't keep him out from back-to-backs because of his back, etc. It's not like he came back like a scion or an Embiid and it was still kind of this constant conversation. I mean, the conversation had gone entirely. Fair points by you, for sure. Um, Get well soon, Michael Porter Jr., this stinks. Uh, the NBA is so much better when its best players are healthy, as always. Uh, so, real quick, let's try to get back on track with this question here that Rob wrote. Um, the, he listed a bunch of teams that are very bad and wondered if any of them can make the playoffs. And I, I said the Pacers and the Raptors. And, Rohan, you agreed. Um, like, let's, let's talk about the second part of his question for a second, just like, because mm-hmm. I think that that is very fun and i always enjoy um speculating about draft position even mm-hmm. though we're like a month into the season but like when you look at these teams you're the reason that NBA are, ratings are down i am single-handedly <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. proud of it uh rob asks you know which of those teams that he listed um would we be most excited to see get the number one pick and in this situation I always root for just what the ripple effects would be in relation to chaos, pure, mm-hmm. uncut chaos. And <laughs> for the purpose of this exercise, I want to include the Sixers, even though Ooh. they are you know, probably so going to make che- at least the play-in. You're cheating a little bit. I think it's fair to say. I am, but I'm the host, and so I can do whatever I want. That's how it goes here. Um, 
So if the Sixers were to get their number one pick, just play this out for me for two seconds. And they have not traded Ben Simmons yet. What could Daryl Morey get with Simmons and the first pick? Like, I think it's a more it's a question of like what like the the superstars that are not on the table with that package is smaller than the superstars that are on the table with that package. Like, I think. I mean, Nets and Blazers, Harden and Dame, like, I, I don't even know if the Sixers are, like, I don't think that's a good trade for the Sixers, frankly. Yeah. Um, But, like, what about the Clippers? You wouldn't do With Dame? Paul George. You wouldn't do Dame? Would I, if I were the Sixers? Yeah. So You'd rather I'm use getting, the number one pick? I would <laughs> rather use the number one pick, yes. Absolutely. Um, I would use the number one pick, and then I would trade Simmons for role players. Is what yes, I, would I mean. I think they should trade Simmons for role players right now. Um, so uh, that's an interesting one because I was thinking similarly. What if the Raptors got it? Because that's also yes, that is chaos. They, ha- they have a similar one where it's like you either draft and trade Siakam. What if you package Siakam in the number one pick? Um, I mean, I don't know why I'm throwing Siakam in here. I think he's on a slightly different timeline. Not necessarily. I mean, Van Vliet, I think he's getting up there. No, Not you're right. There, but... I, no, I, you're 100% right. If they get the number one pick, Siakam's probably gone. That's just... Right, because I think they're taking either Holmgren or Banchero. Um, I think I'm saying his name correctly. I need to talk to my homie, uh, former open floor fill-in, uh, Paolo, <laughs> Paolo Ugetti, who, who's... Working on making sure everyone's uh, pronouncing Banchero's name right. But uh, it gets interesting. It gets very interesting. I think the team I'd really like to see get the number one overall pick is the Spurs. Because I want to see Pop kind of get one last great guy in there and see what they can do. He deserves it. Love that. So that would be a lot of fun. Um, But, uh, yeah. There's a lot of chaos potential with that number one pick, because it's supposed to be a loaded class, the six I, the Sixers aren't getting it. I don't want to give it too much energy because it's not going to happen, Mike. They're not. It's not going to happen. They're they're making the playoffs, and if they, they somehow miss the playoffs, the record will not be bad enough to get the number one pick. I think it makes a lot more sense to focus on a team like the Raptors. I mean, what if we talk about the Nuggets now? I mean, what if the Nuggets get the number one pick? Yes, this. I mean, is Jokic could that... continue to miss time. Yes. And that is... you want to talk about chaos. I mean, then MPJ goes on the trade block immediately, right? Uh, I don't think anyone's trading for Michael Porter Jr. That's just not an attraction. You don't think any player. team would take a chance on him? No. I disagree. No. I disagree. What is the case for trading for a guy who's had multiple back surgeries, who's just missed the entire 21-22 season or the rest of the 21-22 season, who's now on a max contract? What is the case there? If you're a small market team, I mean, let's say San Antonio doesn't get the number one pick. They get really bad lottery pick. Lottery pick, you know, their lottery odds are not in their favor. I think uh-huh. San Antonio. I think, frankly, New Orleans. Um, I think that there are small market teams that would have to consider it because, A, they're not going to sign that guy. B, it's their best opportunity to kind of buy low on someone and take a chance if they don't get the the right lottery pick. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I really don't. I would rather have a lottery pick than Michael Porter Jr. and pay him all that money to potentially never play for my team. But you, here's the thing. It's like those teams, they got to pay someone. And I, I know that sounds like crass or a little bit silly, but I would. I think that, I understand you'd rather have a lottery pick, but you might be able to have both. You might be able to buy even lower on MPJ. You might be able to get him for a couple role players. In that case, it's like, would I rather have like two or three so-so guys who are not affecting my ceiling in any way whatsoever, or am I taking a gamble that hey, you know what? Maybe this dramatically changes the fortunes of my team. Yeah, I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. is traded, the Nuggets are attaching picks to get off the contract. That's just what would happen. I don't. Of. I really don't think it's going to be that dire. I think it's going to be somewhere maybe in between what both of us think. But if in some world where they get the number one pick, I don't think it's going to have to be uh, like I think they can get MPJ. I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to, have to attach a pick. They're just not going to get like anything sexy in return. 
Okay, we will agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, Rowan, we got to wrap this up. We have one more question here. I don't even know. Um, I know there's a question in our outline that you really want to answer, and I'm actually yes. going to. I, I'm sorry. I don't hate me. Um, Again? We're, Two weeks we're in a say, row? Gonna, we had to do the Schroeder question last week just is, so you could say <laughs> the Celtics should keep their same starting lineup? We had to do a whole. You had to ask uh, me a question. I gave this whole answer, and you were like, actually, the starting lineup should be what it was on night one. The most. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I know, don't hate me. So this question actually came in late last night, and I threw it in the outline, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm going to spring it on you right now. And if you haven't seen it, that's okay. You can just react to my answers, and it'll be fun. But this is a great question, Um, and it comes in from very different definitions of fun, by the way. But anyway, continue. This is so much fun. So much fun. So this, this question comes in from Jesse, who writes, Hey, Michael, Chris, and Rohan. I'm a longtime listener of the pod from the Sunshine Coast in Australia and have to give you guys the crown as the best NBA pod running. Your takes are real and relatable whilst the banter is always heated, as it just was, and hilarious. The pod always puts a smile on my face, even on the worst days, so thank you for that. I'll keep my question short. Yes, thank you, Jesse. I'll keep my question short and sweet. If I gave you a hypothetical team of Steph at the one, Luka at the two, Durant at the three, Giannis at the four, and Jokic at the five, what five-man defensive team would you build to stop them? (laughs) The team doesn't necessarily have to gel and can focus more on individual matchups. I feel like defense isn't appreciated much in the NBA and want to know who you'd consider the best matchup for each of the arguably five best players in the league right now. Thanks okay. for your time and happy holidays from down under, Jesse. Jesse, okay. I love this question. This is it's so much fun. Outstanding question. This is one of the best questions we've ever gotten. I mean that genuinely. It's one of the best questions we've ever gotten. So, Rohan, did you actually see this one before? No, I, read I didn't. It? I had no idea that we were doing this. Let, this me, write out, let me write down the names. Okay, so I will repeat very quickly the five players who Jesse lists here um, that he wants us to get. It's Steph, Luka, KD, Giannis, and Jokic. And I've had some time to think about this, so I will give you my players who um, are on my team here, and then you can say yay or nay or throw out some other alternatives, okay? Okay. So we'll start. First of all, the way I approached this was... Um, uh, I was really focused on the individual matchups. So. Oh, no. See, we're already different. I already know that we're going to need switchability. So you're wrong, but continue. S- s- super duper. Okay, so um, for Jokic, 
Uh-huh. I have I picked DeAndre Ayton. Okay, Jokic your team's stomper. my team's already defensive team's already stomping yours, but continue. Okay, so Jokic is gonna average forty and twenty against your team. So anyway, Ayton for Jokic. Um for Luca, I have Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons has guarded Luca as well as any mm-hmm. player. To guard Luca, you have to be super strong and super fast mm-hmm. and smart. And Ben Simmons is the best when it comes to those qualifications in the NBA mm-hmm. still. So Ben Simmons on Luca, no quibble from you. You think that was a good pick? Just finish your team so I can tell you mine, which I know is going to oh, be better. Geez. Okay, so for KD, I have um, <clears throat> Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Uh, no argument there. For Giannis, I have Bam Adebayo. And for Steph Curry, I have Marcus Smart. So that is my team. Oh, I'm surprised team? you didn't put Kevin Garnett on it. I'm honestly surprised you didn't put Kevin Garnett on it. He would do a bang up job even today. I stand by uh, that belief. Okay. But no, no, no. The 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 individual matchups thing is just silly because it's not how the NBA works. So it's <laughs> not. It's just not. Um, if it was that simple, like teams would shut down Steph. They'd put Kawhi on him, but it's just it's never that been that simple. So here's, in right. fact, the team. You okay. missed an obvious one, and I can't believe you didn't put this guy on here. Because I think he... Yes. So this is I my know. team. This is my team, okay? Ben Simmons, Kawhi, Paul George, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo. Okay, and so I, first of all, you I have three put- of the same players from my team. So... <laughs> Like, but, cool, but, you're so original. But Draymond and Paul George <laughs> are so important here because if I'm switching everything, which is almost a necessity here, you 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 cannot defend this team without switching everything. You cannot. Um, so what, ha- what, what happens when, like... And I can live with any one of these guys having to defend the other one for four or five seconds late shot clock. Jokic? Who's guarding Jokic? Bam? Yeah. Okay, so... If and I'm I can Jokic, live with Draymond on Jokic. I can live with Simmons on Jokic for four seconds. Okay. I actually so, think more teams should defend Jokic with athleticism as opposed to size. So, I, I see, like, two... I know, I have, I have both with Aiton, so I'm set. But I see the great thing that Jokic does... Did you not he, just tell me... Rewind to earlier in this yeah. podcast when you said, well, "I'm really interested to see how Aiton holds up on Steph in that Tuesday night game between the Suns and the Warriors." That yeah, was correct. you, Michael Pina. So well, now I'm really interested to see how Aiton matches no. up with Steph in the hypothetical yes. defensive team you built. Okay, so let me reread the question because you have clear comprehension issues. The team, and Jesse writes, the team doesn't necessarily have to gel and can focus more on individual matchups. Okay, that is but, but we just what we Jesse know that wrote. We're in Jesse's world. Have. Rohan, Rohan, this is Jesse's world. Okay, no, no, no. You are classic, classic Pina. Like, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me skirt the rules, let me bend the rules to my favor. You're just like classic Pina misinformation. Uh, you're like the Facebook of podcast takes. Or you're just you're I like you find resent this, this. You find this one thing that you can use to just ruin and flatten the conversation. When I understand that Jesse said that, but we all know if you're actually trying to defend the five man lineup he created, mine would be better at defending it. Mm, no, I think I win. Um, no and way. I think that, that no I way. think I win. Can we I win? Put up, we're going to put up a Twitter poll. We are going to put up a Twitter poll. Okay, Please. I'm going to do make it sure right. You screenshot the qu- make sure you screenshot the question. No, I'm going to say. Your propaganda. No, I'm going to say yes. which team would you rather have to defend this five-man lineup? And then okay, you wanna, so you're going to change the parameters of the question. That's fine. Well, that's no, we we're not. That's the, that's the essence of the question. That's the heart of the question. Okay, so uh, neither of us had Anthony Davis, which I think is very Anthony interesting. Anthony Davis was very close to being on my list. And I would... Because he might Anthony, be the best defender in the world. He might be on my team over Bam or Draymond. That was the, Those were the two. Okay. Draymond, peak Draymond is just... 
I am aware of how good Draymond Green is. It just is. And you didn't have him on your team. And I think he could arguably be the best defender of the world. This isn't, this is unrelated to this question, but I just want to say, maybe everyone realizes this. Maybe no one realizes this. I know I'm not like the first person to be like, Draymond Green is incredible at defense, but my, like one of my genuinely favorite things in the NBA to do to watch is Draymond Green defending a pick and roll and if he is in drop coverage the way he positions his body you cannot teach that that is the difference between a Draymond Green and and you know a good athletic defender is his ability to stand perfectly in the way that deters someone from driving but also deters them from throwing a pass to the role man is so it's it's art it's genuinely like it's incredible to watch and it is someone operating at like a defensive level that very few people in the history of the game can get to and it's just yeah i can talk about that for so long but it's just that that like him defending a pick and roll in drop coverage when he's dialed in gets me excited to watch basketball it's that it's that impressive. It's it's crazy. Like, man, he's he's a he's a talent that the game is really going to miss uh, when he retires. I know you can talk about this forever for the sake of our listeners' sanity. This is the end of our episode, though. I'm sorry, Rohan slash. Thank you so much for um, really just bringing your own uh, logic to reality (laughs) and um, God bless for eternity. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to our listeners. Everyone, please keep the emails coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, Don't forget everybody... to uh, send in your reviews for the Blazers Minute slash Rip City <laughs> yes. Report. Yeah. <laughs> please leave that in the comments. Um, everybody, please stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.